0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: You've entered the NFL trend zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Wes Johnson, Cody Spears, Jason Ball, and we're talking about sleeper teams this fine Wednesday evening, and those are teams that we expect to exceed their win over under totals and probably some most of the time nimble of the postseason. Some of the time just merely outperform the Vegas win loss over. That is what we got on the docket. We'll speak about that in just a moment. Foremost, though, bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on all that action. Remember the promo code. B-L-E-A-V, believe, B-L-E-A-V, and you'll get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's free money. Bet online, where the game starts. Sleeper teams are on the docket tonight. I've asked the panel, I don't care if they're AFC or NFC or equitably between both. We're going to go over NFL franchises that, depending on where they're over under is at, how, who we think is going to far exceed that? So you know, teams that could either slip into the playoffs or merely perform better than their their win loss. So you know, if you're high on the Cardinals, their win loss is only, uh, their excuse me, their over under is only like four and a half, five and a half, or something like that. If you think they're going to win seven games, that can be a sleeper. That's the criteria. And I'm starting with West tonight. Uh, we got four teams per piece. We probably will double up. We didn't screen these together beforehand, but that's all right. West hit me with your first one. Yeah, it doesn't matter in any order you wanna. Uh,
2: first, first one I have are the Washington Commanders. Uh, They are sitting at uh, six and a half uh, wins uh, projected on the season. Um, I feel that they can uh, increase that amount, um, at least hit the seven, if not push that to um, eight, possibly nine wins uh, in this upcoming season. Uh, This is a team that's led by their defense. Last year, uh, they averaged... Uh, 20.7 points against, which was seventh best in the league. Uh, they added uh, two rookies in the first and second round to help out that secondary. Um, and Chase Young is a year further removed from uh, tearing up his knee. Uh, on the offensive side, they uh, bring in Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City and he should help transform that offense. Uh that offense is going to be built around uh, Sam Howell, uh second year player out of North Carolina who uh, a lot of people were high on uh coming out. They you know, they knew he needed some polish, but um he was able to do some things with some weapons uh at North Carolina and uh Washington does have weapons that he should be able to utilize. Uh, They do play in the NFC East, which is not going to be uh, an easy go of it. Uh, And then they match up against the AFC East and NFC West this year. But I do believe that the commanders should be able to improve on uh, the six and a half projected wins for them.
1: And then... Is that are we talking eight, and nine, or nine and eight, or even better?
2: I would say eight and nine would be realistic for them.
1: And that would be pretty damn spiffy with Sam Howell in the saddle, because that will mean that he's on the right path, assuming you know, he assuming they're not just gangbusters on defense. And that sounds that sounds about the right forecast for a Ron Rivera team because they're rarely in the basement. He usually is pretty uh prideful and so yeah i'm right there with you jason who's your first sleeper
0: you know i'm gonna i'm gonna g- agree with wes i mm-hmm. i gotta throw washington in there um for all the reasons that you that you outlined but but one more mm-hmm. dan snyder is no longer there <laughs> yeah. and that is i think gonna be huge um, you know, they got a new ownership group in place. Um, and I think that that's going to enable them to at least finally put that those dark, dark decades behind them. Let's face it. That's exactly what they were. So, and, and, uh, I'm not sure if the NFC East is going to be as tough as everybody says, maybe it is, maybe it won't, but I, I do like, uh, and yeah, like you said, if Sam Howell can, 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 be productive and and he me- meshes really well with b enemy that that that's it could be special now it could go the complete opposite way too because the <laughs> enemy let's Absolutely. face it everybody's always wondering how good that guy really is or is it just Reed and Mahomes so I, I'm excited to see it I can't wait
1: my first sleeper is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's because they're over/under is eight and a half wins, and we already know they're going to win nine games because it is in or Tom- Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin is incapable of going eight and nine or worse. Uh, so I have the Steelers there. I really uh, close your ears, Cody. Enjoy what I saw from Kenny Pickett last year. Um, the the old eye test. Every time I saw him, I was like, this guy's getting better by the week, and he's a rookie. And so I believe with his growth a year or another year removed from Roethlisberger and then Mike Tomlin's immediate and guaranteed credo to go nine and eight or better. Uh, I do like them to finish about 10 and seven, which could plop them in the postseason. Um, but I'll give my weekly speech now about the AFC North. I hate trying to figure out wins and losses in that division, because I think every team's going to make the playoffs and they really can't. I mean, I guess they could, but they can't. One of those teams <laughs> won't be as good as we expect. Oh. And when we look up, it'll probably be two teams are bad. Cause that's how it usually goes. But I really like the, what the Steelers have done this off season. Their draft was phenomenal. Uh, Tom Lynn is a Scott 16 years, 17 years removed now, a former Vikings uh, coach. And I will always hold him near and dear to my heart. So I have the Steelers, Going at least ten and seven, nibbling at a wild card with Kenny Pickett trending up and a sleeper team. Cody, who's your, who's your first one? Sweet. Well, uh, first off, I want to go ahead and greet
3: both of the other guys about the Commanders. Just mm-hmm. I, I want to put in uh, that I have uh, off of Warren Sharp's web, website teams that have a significant advantage in rest days versus their opponents, and Washington's one of those teams. Um, Where are the Vikings on that? In the middle. Uh, yeah nothing special. I don't okay. I don't have their name on here anywhere. Uh, what, what what stat did you just throw out? It's Warren Sharp's uh, rating for their rest days. so uh, I actually have a summarization just in case you <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah so, man so uh so I actually have it with the 49ers so I'll cover it later uh, but it's the 49ers have 20 fewer days of rest than their opponents. last year three teams had net rest edges of negative 10 days or worst. And that was the Packers with negative 12, Patriots negative 10, and the Texans with negative 10. All three fell below their expected win total. Teams with a net rest advantage with three or more days went 32 24 and 1, 57% win rate, and covered the spread at a 54% rate. The two teams with the best net rest edges last year, the Bills with plus 12, and the Lions with plus 11, went. Over their win totals. And so that was only with plus 12 and plus 11, which was already considered a lot. Now you're getting more teams that are having even crazy. So, like the 49ers have 20 fewer days of rest, which is huge considering last year the biggest was like 12 or 11. That's a whole nother week less of rest or less of rest than Knock. they get of with their opponents. Uh, A few other interesting ones, the Chiefs were way down there at negative rest advantage. And when you combine this with strength of schedule, it just really seems like it's damning before you even start the season, kind of like with the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you got the Jets, who are on the other side of the spectrum. They got 12 more days of rest, which really has me kind of hopping on a Jets bandwagon here. Um, Let's see. Commanders also have 12 more days of rest, which is significant. So I'm definitely expecting the Commanders to – Obviously, not just off of that, but they have a mediocre strength of schedule. The defense was top seven in points. In
0: so so you said the points. Niners had 20 fewer days yep, worst in the and, league. And, and, and so is this does it does this mean that more rest equals better play or yeah. less rest equals better play? More rest, better, more wins, yeah, right? More rest is better, pl- better mm-hmm. play. So now we're with the exception of the Niners, of course.
3: Well, no, this is just this next season. So basically this is telling us that whatever Vegas is projected win totals, because coincidentally, that's what we're working with here. Also what Warren sharp uses, but, um, I mean, they're sitting at 10 and a half on this website. So with 20 fewer days of rest, I mean, you'll really, they're going to be the litmus test this season. Um, Obviously all the stats I listed earlier, whenever I started explaining this all favor it being accurate next year, we're really going to see like, Hey, with 20 fewer days of rest, is that going to be any different? Because this whole days of rest thing that's, that's been growing
0: has only really started recently, like getting up above a dozen. And that's just uh, rest days put put in place by like the coaching staff and said, Hey, take, you know, let's take this day off. Or is that what that means? Or is that like travel? Right.
3: Yeah, it was so, based on primetime games, travel games, okay. um, Everything distance goes, traveled, much. like all, all, all that good stuff. But hmm. uh, to go on to also to parlay off of what you said, Dustin, with the Steelers, mm-hmm. I was uh, whenever I was making my notes for this, I, I went and put each coach's record throughout the years with their teams and it has like their ranks and their defensive ranks. And I was actually kind of surprised that John Harbaugh – just like the just like with Mike Tomlin, although just a little bit different, he mm-hmm. went five and eleven one year in his 15 years. Other than that, never had less than eight losses. All right, net less than eight wins. Okay. So if you think about it, besides that one five and eleven season <laughs> where Joe Flacco was crud, he he he's kind he's of right there. the same ilk, but he has an MVP quarterback, and last year they were third in points on defensive and also ninth in yards. So, yeah, I mean, this is also a 19th ranked in points and 16th ranked in uh, yards on offense. If they do take a step forward on offense and some of those injuries play the right way, man, just last week I was saying the Ravens might miss the playoffs. And now I'm all over here, just like you are talking about, you can never find out who's going to get the wins. This week, I'm saying the Ravens are going to get over 10.5 wins. I, I think they're going to take that division somehow the Steelers are going to have eight wins again, but they're going to be fourth in their division. Maybe. I mean, just like you were touching on that division is just insane. I expect the Browns to take a leap forward. Mm-hmm. Bengals Ravens. I mean, this might this one might just come down to injuries.
1: And the Ravens are your first sleeper. Is that correct?
3: Yeah. I got okay. Lamar Jackson, former MVP playing a uh, full force. I think they'll yeah. get over 10 and a half
1: I for f- sure. I think, and i got a couple months left yet, I think that they're going to be my Super Bowl pick. Uh, I think I've settled on them. I know the defense is there. They finally got with the times and got them some pass catchers. And we know that the Chiefs just can't repeat. That's not allowed. Uh, The the (laughs) Eagles probably won't be as good as everyone thinks because that's just the way it goes for the Super Bowl hangover, runner-up hangover. So I think right now I'm settling on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Man,
3: if I pick the 49ers again, I think – That's going to make me kind of questionable as a fan. But I was just thinking the other day, I was like, man, Chargers 49ers sure does sound kind of (laughs)
0: nice. The Chargers are never going to the Super Bowl
3: with that. That's what I tell myself every time I think that. I'm like, they could go to the Super Bowl. And then there's a little part inside of me that's like, no. It's the
1: AFC version of the Vikings.
0: Uh, well you know, way worse than that so. yeah, i mean well, the chargers are constant let down
1: yeah at least in terms of like well hopefully they don't screw this up and you look up and they're, and they're screwing this up aren't they that's yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how the chargers and vikings are linked at the hip Wesley, doesn't
0: matter the coaches doesn't matter the no, quarterback no
1: the chargers vikings <laughs> super bowl would be very yeah, yeah we we'll up that to all the memes you'd see and oh, the whole yeah. time everybody's just
3: waiting like
1: Oh, yeah, it would be guaranteed to be a comedy of errors in the fourth quarter, no matter how well the teams <laughs> played in the first three quarters. All right, Wes, who is your second sleeper?
2: Uh, second one, I will go to the AFC West and, and prop up Jason over here with the Denver Broncos. Uh, Denver Broncos are projected at eight and a half points or eight, eight and a half wins uh, for the season. Uh, last season, The defense was average, finished uh, 14th in the league uh, in points surrendered, and the offense was horrendous. Um, In comes Sean Payton, who has championship pedigree and offensive pedigree to boot, and I believe he's going to help right this ship. Uh, He's going to fix whatever wrongs uh, went on with Russell Wilson last year, he'll get this offense in line and keep it moving, uh, which will ultimately ha- help the defense out. Uh, I do believe that the uh, inefficiencies of the offense kind of doomed that defensive unit. Um, they uh, have a new old defense coordinator and Vance Joseph <laughs> um, who should provide balance and, you know, Return the this defensive team to the unit that they have been over the last few years. Uh, they do also have a favorable uh, end of season schedule. Uh, they host the Browns. They're at the Texans, at the Chargers, at Detroit, home against New England, home against the Chargers, and then finally at Vegas. Uh, I could easily see them um, going five and two, six and one over the that last stretch. So uh, to beat that. Uh, Eight and a half, they'd only need to win uh, three games in the earlier part of the season, which I feel is well within their wheelhouse. So uh, I have the Broncos as my secondary team.
1: I am going to add them. They are my other AFC sleeper. And the only thing I'll add kind of is echoing what you said. Um, So I refuse to believe that Russell Wilson was lucky for 10 straight years. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me that he would nibble that MVP trophies for 10 years because Pete Carroll was just doing all of the wizard of Oz strings behind. It just doesn't make sense. And even if that's true, there's a mindset or there's a school of thought that says, Sean Payton's a better coach than Pete Carroll. So then you're finally getting an offense coach. And if it was Pete Carroll's puppet master all along, bada bing, you got your new puppet master. Therefore Wilson has to be restored to form or at least some reasonable facsimile. So I have them exceeding the eight and a half, probably about 10 and seven with a wild card, uh, playoff berth behind the, the chiefs in that division.
0: You're up, Jason. Either either a Broncos
1: speech or your next sleeper (laughs) or both.
0: I don't have much. Well, Broncos were on there too, for me. I'm not going to add any, a whole lot more to, to what you guys said, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the thing I'm looking the most forward to is that for the last seven years, we've watched a comedy of errors, regardless of the coach, regardless of the quarterback, regardless of who's on that team. Um, you know, much like Washington's situation, we have been plagued with no owner for the last seven years uh, of football, and during that time, they have tried to pigeonhole first-time coaches into this mm-hmm. and try to basically raise this team, if you will. Uh, a lot—I mean, a lot of the guys on the team are are uh, not young anymore. I mean, they've kind of grown up losing. And there's really been no accountability there. And obviously how can you have that when there's no owner? Uh, You know, so I I think what I like the most about the situation is we finally do have a new ownership group in place. It seems to be a competent one at that. Um, And Sean Payton, if he, I mean, I'm going to know right away, right. (laughs) Within the first half of football, (laughs) if, if the, if the, that team trots out there and does anything remotely close to what they've done over the past seven years, Sean Payton will bench him. And that includes <laughs> Russell Wilson. I mean, he will not tolerate.
3: And they that. got a stud and Jarrett stood him behind him.
0: <laughs> well, and that's He's what underrated? I'm saying. Hey, Sean Payton he ain't going to be afraid to put him in there. That he, paid him good I mean, money. Even even I mean Drew Brees. I mean, if you watch you have a seat for a little bit, let's get let's get Taysom some touches. Mm-hmm. I mean, he I mean it's similar to that. He won't tolerate it, I don't think. Um, and that's that's gonna be refreshing. I mean, you miss a block, you miss a catch here. I mean, I'm sure there's get there's finally accountability there. So um, but anyway, my, my so that's one of them. I'm just gonna go right into my second one or third one here with uh the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Stay in the a- NFC North, and um, I don't have a whole lot to say about these guys either, other than the fact that I think to- Deshaun Watson is is going to be better, and this team should be better. They got the- they got the talent, they got veteran leadership in Armani Cooper, uh, Nick Chubb is still there um, at the at the skill level positions. They may be getting older, but I think they still got some in the tank. I think they're great. They're both. A great presence to help guide Deshaun, and uh, you know. So um, my sleeper in the NFC North is the Cleveland Browns. AFC North. AFC North.
1: yeah. You know when you uh, brought up the fact that they haven't had an owner since seven years. Let me ask you this, Jason Boland. Did your uncle Boland? Did he die right around that Super Bowl?
0: You know he was. It was. Right around there. Yeah. I mean, he was battling in the latter stages, um, of Alzheimer's, which, you know, I've in my own personal life have dealt with, and that's obviously tragic. Um, but yes. Um, so right around that time and then, you know, then, then they got passed on to the trust and then, so you had egos, you had Elway there who was uh, appearing to be the one in charge only now it's coming out that, you know, it was Joe Ellis that said, no, you can't hire Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. right? Um, and because of the grudge that he had with Mike Shanahan. <laughs> so Joe Ellis, this guy who never made himself public, because that was Elway's job, is the one that put the kibosh on that. So obviously had more power than Elway did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so that got, that had to have been just so difficult to manage from the upper levels of that organization. I would assume everybody else in the building saw that. Yeah, Um, you know, so, but yeah, it's uh, it's just, you know, and then the battle between the 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 Bolin family, as far as you know, they couldn't even agree on one of them taking it over. So, it's a difficult situation. But that those are days are behind us. It seems to be a competent ownership group now, um, and hopefully, they'll live up to Pat Bolin's legacy for sure. Puppet masters indeed. Mr. Ellis. Uh, <laughs> <all right. Yeah. laughs> yes. And he all just right. looks like a snake
1: too. Yeah. It, Ellis does. So I think we're to your second one, Cody. Yep. Uh, so let me preface. This with saying that
3: out of the AFC East, I have the jets and the dolphins making the playoffs, not the bills or the Patriots. Really? Um, yep. Uh, <laughs> We'll cover that on another day. Um, (laughs) As for this one, I have the Jets over nine and a half. I think that they're going to win this division. Uh, Their strength of schedule kind of sucks at 26 for what it's worth. I do think that strength of schedule needs context. So maybe with like the order you play teams, the order you have primetime games, the order you have, you know, so many away games uh, in a row, things like that matters in strength of schedule. Maybe not so much like previous years, records because, you know, a player maybe doesn't play for a certain team anymore, yada, yada, yada. Um So even though the 26th ranking for strength schedule is the worst thing about the Jets, everything else looks pretty great. You got last year, they were fourth in both uh points and yards on defense. They were 29th in points and 25th on yards. But I mean, their quarterback situation was atrocious with Mike White and Zach Wilson. But uh this is also a team on the positive side on The um, rest ratio, they have 12 more days rest, one of the best in the league. And long has the NFL hoped that a great quarterback was going to go to a marketplace like New York. They got their wish whenever they got Aaron Rodgers. Suddenly they got the 12 days of rest. This might be one of those scenarios where the league is kind of favoring the Jets and want them to kind of become a story with Aaron Rodgers. So I could see them going um, over that nine and a half total uh because of that let's see uh, also part of my notes they play five games with more rest than their opponent they get a bye week ahead of playing the giants in week 8 luckily for the jets that game counts as a road game despite them playing at their home stadium and then uh from october 5th through november 12th the jets do not even leave new york they also have an advantage in key divisional games which could ultimately make a difference in who wins the afc east the Jets don't have a single rest disadvantage in any of the games they play in their division. I mean, everything's just setting up for Aaron Rodgers to. He doesn't. I don't think that he would necessarily have to play at an MVP level to take the Jets to win this division. This might possibly be the best help he's had on a team in in a, at least a decade. Um, you get just a, a little bit of improvement. These Jets are going to be a power to reckon with.
1: So listen to this. Uh, I I was writing an article on Vikings territory about where DeAndre Hopkins uh, might end up, and the reason I wrote it is because he and Dalvin Cook want to team up. And so I, I looked at teams that can afford both of them that are also contending for Super Bowl. Listen to this depth at wide receiver for the New York Jets: Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Mikol Hardman, Denzel Mims, Randall Cobb, Corey Davis. Uh, so, I mean, that's not like the greatest wide receiving group that you could ever put on paper, but there's so many dudes that, uh, like, first of all, like one of them might even get cut, uh, roster trim downs. And then if they keep six, it really doesn't matter if two or three guys get hurt because Rogers, if he's 2021 Rogers, he can maximize any version of those six and especially Garrett Wilson. Um, and it, you'll be hard pressed to find that much depth. At wide receiver on any team. And for Roger's sake, I can actually get excited for him now because he's going to play for the Packers. That's kind of cool that he'll have that. Um, he had quite the opposite after Devonte Adams. Yeah. They're, they're
3: super insulated at wide receivers. It seems like if any of them went down at either of the positions that they work at, mm-hmm. they have someone who could come in and step up. So like Alan Lazard is going to be a starter in two wide receiver sets. You got Corey Davis behind him. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Garrett Wilson, uh, and Miko Hardman, and then you got uh, Randall Cobb. I forgot the other guy you named. But um, they also have that at running back as well, which I do want to bring up. I was kind of mentioning to you guys that Davin Cook might be going to the Jets, and I saw my first rumor about it today. they still I got that from someone else, to be fair. but do They still got Denzel Mims.
1: Yeah. Yes, Denzel
3: six. Mims. He, I think that dude's going to get cut. I mean, there's, yeah. there's just not enough room for him. But, I liked uh, him in the draft. Yeah. The Jets getting Dalvin cook. I mean, they would completely smash this over. I do think that he's kind of showing up a little washing in some advanced metrics, but if you were to just get him on a one-year deal, um, give him good money for this year. And then that way you can ease Brees hall back in. That'd be great. But I know I've been pushing the under on Brees halls um, uh 885 rushing yards. If you yeah. think he's going to get that or not, I don't, I don't think he's going to get it. And if you're looking at him not even getting 800 yards, you're going to roll out there with Michael Carter and Israel
1: Bonnie Konda. Then we're talking about trouble for Aaron Rodgers, possibly. The uh, So Dalvin Cook said that he would enjoy playing DeAndre Hopkins, and it sounds like they've talked off air about maybe teaming up. It's, it feels like an NBA talking point, um, but for teams, for curious minds, there's really only about three teams that have enough money that are conceivably contending for a Super Bowl, and that would be the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Browns. If you got creative, you could throw the Patriots Ooh. in there, but I don't know if they're contending for a Super Bowl. Uh, but the Browns probably make the most Browns. sense if, if like, if this duo thing is real. Because DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson are pals, and then Dalvin Cook play with Kevin Stefanski in 20. That needs to happen. So yeah, if they if they teamed up like we're in the NBA, that would be the spot to go because they have the cap space somehow, and then they they have the
0: connections, so to speak. That, that you gotta that you gotta tag that. That makes too much sense that that now that you say that for that not to happen. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like
1: I
3: haven't even heard that at this point that that that's a good little piece right there.
1: Yeah. And I stumbled into it because I, you, you start by sorting by s- salary cap space. Mm-hmm. And then you ask yourself, right. Who's the contender. And you're like, yeah, Cowboys. And you're like Browns. Yeah, they can get, they can get freaky and do the thing. And then the jets, of course, cause Rogers there. And then, so I, I get down to the art, the section of my article about the Browns and I'm like, all right, what are the connections here? Oh boy, we got a couple. And so, yeah. you know, I, I, typed it into
2: existence.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Uh,
1: Wes, your third. We're, we're halfway there.
2: All right. My third. Uh, I'm going to kind of ad lib a little bit here. Uh, I had chose actually two teams to see an increase, two to see a decrease. Um, so you had Sleeper Bad? Sleeper Bad, yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking for teams that, that I didn't think would, would okay would meet the, the median or would exceed the median. Uh, but I can still do this on the fly. So the third team I'm going to pump in there is my Minnesota fucking Vikings. Oh. <laughs> they got the over under eight and a half wins on the season, which what? is a travesty. This every, is year a thir- they,
1: every, every year they do that.
2: This is a 13 win team last year. Granted, 11 of those wins <laughs> were one score games and there's going to be some regression. And in, in that stat, I don't see five a five win regression uh in that stat this division still isn't that great i know detroit is on the rise but it remains to be seen whether they can get this done um i don't think green bay is going to be the team of of years past um we get to see the uh nfc south um which has got a few teams. I actually think the NFC South is going to be sneaky good, uh, but I I do think that there are a few teams in that division that have the potential to be bad, especially earlier in the year. Uh, so for the Vikings, uh, they added Brian Flores, uh, who everywhere he's gone as a defensive coordinator has made an impact and made his mark. He's improved that unit that's usually – porous uh the year prior and made very good uh improvements uh in in the standings in advanced metrics and that was the the downfall for the vikings last year ed donatel did not know what he was doing that defense was horrendous it was the second year in a row where it was just terrible uh this defense we're gonna roll out is gonna be an attacking one it's gonna keep us in games uh, the and then we haven't even gotten to the offense. The, our <laughs> offense was lights out last year. We add Jordan Addison, who's going to see one-on-one coverage while uh, Justin Jefferson gets double-covered, uh, and that's not even talking about T.J. Hawkinson, <laughs> who's going to be working. You know the the big slot. Uh, I just I I don't see this team uh, winning any less than than nine games. And
1: are you tentatively You still got a training camp and a preseason to see? Are you thinking 10 and 7, 11 and 6?
2: I would say 11 and 6 is fair.
1: Yeah, I think I'm at 10 and 7 now, but I'm hoping to talk myself into 11 and 6 by the start of the regular season. Uh, I've tried to figure this out for the last four off seasons. I look down at these wins over unders and it's the same bullshit every year for the Vikings. Eight and a half wins. Now the bullshit was correct in 2020 and 2021. And I asked myself, why is this always happen? and I settled on the one constant is the quarterback. I think oddsmakers look down at the page. They look QB1. They scroll down with their index finger. They go, oh, Kirk Cousins, eight and a half wins, baby. And that's that's (laughs) how they do it because it's every year that they have the same forecast. It just so happened last year that they were gangbusters situational football and rattled off those 13 wins that – uh, Wes mentioned, so m- I have a terrible segue here because I have the Packers as my next sleeper team. <laughs> uh, not because I think they're going to win the Super Bowl or even really be better than the Rogers era. I just, for the life of me, can't understand. Maybe it's because of I've seen too much in God what thirty. Four years of football fandom that I I think it's way too premature to think, oh, Packers suck because they don't have Aaron Rodgers. I got to see Jordan Love suck before he actually, I believe it with my own two eyes. So I think that. The Packers right now are are supposed to be vying for third or fourth place in the NFC North, and it's so foreign to me that I must say that seven and a half wins for me at this point for them feels low, and it's probably because I'm paranoid that they're just going to be good all over again. I will call out one thing to you, gentlemen, that I hadn't even thought of. Uh, Thor Nystrom was on my Vikes Now show two days ago, and he came up with the thing that keeps him up at night, ardent Viking fan, is that, The Packers are too, or they suck too much, and they're three and 14. They get the first overall pick or second overall pick. And then, by the way, they also will (laughs) own the Jets' first pick. And if the Jets happen to be upside down, then they're going to have two delicious picks and they will be fully equipped to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. So, if you're a Viking fan, you want the Packers to struggle, but only to the tune of about seven and 10 or so, because if they get down below five and 12, then they're going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And it would be a very Packer thing to just take a year off and get like the the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. So uh, in, spite, in spite of all that, I still think the Packers are kind of in the ballpark, nibbling at nine and eight, ten and seven, because I just refuse to believe that all of a sudden, like Rodgers didn't even play good last year. And they still were knocking on the door of the postseason before the Lions said, uh-uh. So I have regrettably, sorry to all Vikings fans listening, I have the Packers as a sleeper team. Let's see. Jason did his number three with the Browns. That brings us to, let's see, Cody, your third one, correct? Yep. All right, let's have Interest,
3: it. Interesting notes on the backers. You sent me on a roller coaster <laughs> remote. <It's the> <laughs> of That's what Thor did to me. Yeah. yeah. And Thor Nystrom, what an awesome guest to have on your show. I actually follow a lot of his fantasy football work. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let, let's, let me jump way back to who I mentioned earlier with the 49ers. Their they're over-under is at ten and a half. Their strength of schedule is fifth. So, I mean, it's easy peasy. The one thing working against them this season is that 20 fewer days of rest. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays a part. Maybe those will just balance each other. Easy schedule versus yeah, bad exactly. rest. Exactly. So um, you give a team that's loaded like this, just a neutral uh, script like that, I mean, let's look at defense. Their points and yards were both first in the league last year. They were 6th and 5th on offense. That was with three different quarterbacks, a tsunami in Chicago. I mean, their their season was just so interesting. It still came out to 13 and 4. The 49ers, they get to play the Cardinals the next year. They they've kind of been bullying the Seahawks, although I also expect the Seahawks to make the playoffs as well out of this division. By the way, I have the 49ers and the Seahawks going to the playoffs. Um, but against the Rams and the Cardinals, they, there's no reason for them not to have four wins right there. Um I think the 49ers, I don't know about Trey Lance at this point, but I am a 49er uh Cal Shanahan believer. Hopefully Trey Lance shows out. We had that report that come out today saying Brock Purdy from Adam Schefter saying Brock Purdy is going to be the uh, number one if he's healthy. And then number two, Sam Darnold has the edge there. So obviously that made my made me panic a little bit because <laughs> you all know how big of a Trey Lance truth there I am. And there's rumors he might be the number three quarterback. There's also rumors that his throwing motions renewed. Either way, no matter which of those quarterbacks start, even Sam Darnold, I think they hit 10 and a half wins. Sam Darnold could start half that season. I think they hit 10 and a half wins. Are
1: so, they going to be your Super Bowl pick or too early to say? Or too early to get there anyhow? Right now, they're going to be my Super Bowl pick, pick, but I'm I'm hoping that some, thing,
3: some other team changes that. But I mean, that just, to me, in the NFC, the 49ers are the team to chase. I think they would have had a chance against the Eagles. Uh, I think it's possible for the Eagles to take a slight step back. Um, and I don't see anybody else coming from the NFC to take it from the 49ers. So, yeah, uh, right now the 49ers, are my Super Bowl pick, they definitely
1: uh, clear ten and a half. Yeah, that's what I'm struggling with because I want to go against the grain. Usually gets me in trouble like last year. We're not going to talk about it uh, for picking a <laughs> unsung Super Bowl runner up. And if you say, well, I'm not picking the Eagles, or not picking the Niners because those te- those teams are just fresh in my memory of doing really good. That leaves you with the Cowboys. That leaves you with the Vikings being for real, as Wes talked about with the defense. That leaves you with Seattle really being sneaky, overachieving good. And then I don't even know if you could pick a team from the NFC South to be that good to get to the Super Bowl. So your options are limited if you refuse to pick the Niners and Eagles, which is really good news for the Niners and Eagles. Uh, So, yeah, you still we all still have about two and a half months to figure out Super Bowl predictions because we will offer them on this very show. But Cody is high on the 49ers. He is eternally high on the 49ers, even if Trey Lance isn't getting the love, which is an interesting. Note because you think yes. that would that would piss him off. Yeah, and and
3: uh, I believe there was a show last year where I guess we were really bored, probably around this time of the year and i think we talked about very briefly Kyle Shanahan possibly coming to the Vikings. Oh, i guess mm-hmm. it wasn't last this time of year, but a little I remember bit exactly
1: what it was. Yeah, yeah. Before <laughs> yeah. we hired our coach. It was, it was early but, uh, November of 2021 because they were like i want to say what was it west like 3 and 5 or some shit like that. Yeah. 4 and 5 and they weren't yep. going in the right direction. And then yep. Of course, they had a really pivotal game against the Vikings that Wes and I were at. And I told Wes going to that game on a bus. So whoever wins this game is going to the playoffs. And it was the Niners, of course. That was the yep. game where Cousins lined up under the right guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and obviously, such a Cousins thing to
0: do. <laughs> yeah. Right.
3: And and obviously, like, they're. Oh, let, let me set this over. That is like a multiverse moment to where things crack and in another universe right now, Kyle Shanahan is our coach mm-hmm. and who knows. But um it's crazy to think that you have three quarterbacks in San Francisco this year who could all potentially win a Super Bowl, but all potentially not even be there next year because you know, like Kirk Cousins or something like that. San Francisco is just
1: so interesting. Yeah, it's it's really I, I challenge anybody. Uh, watching, listening, or any of yuz, yes, that there is no other team in football where you can say, "Yeah, hey, who gives a shit who the quarterback is? They'll be fine." There is no <laughs> other team. Like it, it, usually, if a starter goes down, you're like, "Oh my god, the season's over." With the Niners, it's like we don't really care. We do this all the time, and no yeah. other no other team is like that. I don't even really know if other teams have been like that recently. Maybe back in the 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 black and blue era of football, when you could just hand it to the running back all the time, um, it really wouldn't matter who the quarterback is. But I. It's really, really, really weird that we're like, well, Purdy, Darnold, Lance. You know, they're going to probably get Kirk Cousins next year in free agency, and it's all like, it's all the same thing. They're going to get the yep. NFC Championship.
0: Yeah, and, so, yeah, so much quarterback questions. It doesn't matter. None yeah. of it matters. Yeah, think about hmm. think about if it was, this was
1: the Broncos, Jason. You're like, well, we got Trey Lance, we got Brock Purdy, and Sam Darnold. It doesn't really matter because they're all going to do the same. It wouldn't. It wouldn't even make sense because <laughs> oh. the, the way that we do things now in the NFL, especially the way the media drives it, it's it's quarterback versus quarterback, and for the Niners, it's Kyle Shanahan versus the other team's yep. quarterback.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's <laughs> just it. It's no wonder that more teams, organizations don't attempt to do whatever it takes to trade for that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, true. I would. I would trade innumerable amounts for him just to come and coach. I I mean, you know, and then it, it could be, you see it all the time with quarterbacks. I think that a person like that is much, much more important than the quarterback. And he's proven it. Yeah. And always
1: remember in the last, let's see, four seasons, the one time he had a healthy quarterback, they got to the Super Bowl and I will argue they were one pass away from putting the Chiefs to bed. And of course, that guy didn't make the pass. Jimmy Garoppolo he plays for the Raiders now. But this happens. Every this is why I'm convinced that Kirk Cousins is gonna go to the 49ers next free agency because all they need is a durable quarterback who's good. He doesn't need to be great, he needs to be good, he needs to be on the field. That is Kirk Cousins' biography, that'll be Kirk Cousins' obituary. Both of those items is that he was good and he was durable, and that's about it. And they can't get that in San Francisco. They get flashes of good from some of these dudes, and boom, this guy's hurt, and the next guy's hurt, and they don't even have enough quarterbacks to finish the championship game. It's like, really? Yeah, they need Kirk Cousins, and if the Vikings let him walk, I guarantee you he's going to the 49ers.
0: Yeah, do you I'll- think that there's quarterbacks in the league that, like, whether they're drafted or maybe on the market, um, free agent, whatever the case, do you think that they have the same outlook on Kyle Shanahan is what we just described. Do you think that they think to themselves, man, I would love to be coached by that guy?
1: Yeah, I think when Baker Mayfield was let go by the Panthers, right? I I, want to say that there was some smoke or some steam that said he wanted to go to the 49ers, which would have worked because they needed a healthy human in the (laughs) NFC championship. And then by the way, he won that Monday night, football game with like glancing at the playbook for a couple minutes before the game. So I'm convinced that if he would have went there, the NFC championship could have been a little bit different. Wow.
3: Yeah. That's another one of those alternate universe. Butterfly things. effect. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> and we can't gush about the 49ers without me giving a shout out to Brandon. Iuke predicted to <laughs> break out last year. He had a thousand yards without his BFF and Trey Lance. I think that he's in a clear a thousand yards this year. I don't think Debo Samuels it and Brandon Iuke. I mean, he is a sleeping monster, super underrated on underdog. His his season long prop is 775 yards. He was 20 short of that in his worst year as a rookie when he was in that doghouse. So, I mean, like
1: that's free money. Everybody sleeps on. (laughs) Did you see the Spielman clip last week talking about him? No, I did not. Oh, he was the contingency plan. If Jefferson was taken by the Eagles or somebody else, it was IU who they were going to get. He's he's so good. If he was on another team, he might even be putting
3: up better numbers than twenty six hundred yards in three years, with mm-hmm. half of that in half of the first season in the doghouse. Yeah, uh, he's good, and he's gonna hit free agency possibly with Debo already being locked up. CMC George yeah. Kittle. I yeah, mean, they can't afford all these dudes. Yeah, this
1: guy's gonna be stud next season. All right, West, uh, your final sleeper team. No matter which way you want to go, whether that's too many losses or over to, or getting too many wins, who do you got?
2: I'll just touch on uh, the Eagles were one of my uh, okay. too many. Uh, I, I think they're projected a little too high on on win loss. Um, when Cody mentioned them, kind of regressing, that they're definitely a regression candidate for me. Uh, but I will uh, stick to the script here, and I will give you an NFC dark horse Super Bowl contender. That'll be good. And I hope you're ready for it. I'm gonna go with the Carolina Panthers. Oh, here we Ooh. go. <laughs> the Carolina Panthers—they're predicted seven and a half uh, wins. Uh, Adam Thielen, Homer. <laughs> hey, this is not an Adam Thielen thing. <laughs> I, this is a young, up-and-coming team. Uh, they, I think, they are held back by uh, their previous head coach. Uh, made a, some really, really bonehead um decisions and and plays uh, i think this defense has what it takes they they have the youth uh at all three levels to be able to help carry this team um they're going to run out Miles Sanders to be there uh, every down back and I think they're gonna they're gonna ground and pound you're gonna see Steph Curry pounding that drum on the sideline <laughs> uh, pound on for the for the Carolina Panthers they uh, they go up against the NFC north uh, they go up against the AFC South. That AFC South is horrendous so that's four wins right there. I'm marking them down for four wins against the AFC South. Um, uh, they'll probably split their division and then they need to get one or two wins against uh, the NFC North. That'll put them right at about nine. Ooh, and I, I think that gets them into the playoffs. Uh, their defensive coordinator. They have a young defensive coordinator who they picked up from Denver uh, Evero. Uh, he showed flashes last year in Denver until, as I mentioned before that offense was so bad that, there really wasn't much for that defense to do. Uh, If they're playing, you know, 80% of the game, you know, that defense is going to wear down over time. I I think that this team has has a nice balance. Um, I think Bryce Young is the type of quarterback, uh, has the type of pedigree to do just enough to not make the mistakes, but also to, you know, carry this team just enough. Uh, especially coming from Alabama, you know this is this is a team. It's young. It's going to be hungry. Uh, games that I watched them in last year, uh, they seem to be in every game. So I I have them as a, a dark horse. I definitely have them better than the seven and a half uh, wins projected for them.
1: It sounds by the time it sounds like by the time we get to our standings episode or whatever it is our playoff. Predictions episode, you're going to talk yourself into them winning a division over the Saints, perhaps over, over the Falcons. Saints, he likes the Falcons <laughs> what? too. Can
3: we get to the standings episode already? Yeah,
1: no, we're going to have the we're going to have the Bucks at eleven and six before oh, we know it. Goodness, <laughs> yeah. He's a, uh, oh man,
3: I would love right. to segue right here. Oh, is it? Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Yeah, yeah let's Panthers, see. We get yours. Panthers, might I think they also could go over seven and a half. Um, I don't think they'll win the division, though. I do think that uh, two teams from the NFC South will go to the playoffs. Hot take. Um, it's going to be the Falcons and the Panthers. I got the Falcons winning the division. Um, everything Wes said about the Panthers was great. I'm also a big fan of them. You can flip this, really. For me, it just comes down to um, talent performing on offense. Receivers really got me questionable on both teams, really. I don't think Adam Thielen's washed like the rest of the league does, both of their strength of schedules are awesome. Falcons are at second. Uh, Panthers are at fourth. Uh, all, both were mediocre in last season offensive and defensive ranks. Both finished seven and ten. Uh, for me, this comes down to, I think Kyle Pitts takes big step. Bijan Robinson takes big step. So does that young Falcons defense. And the way their offense is set up, like I've said before, it's going to give the defense some rest by, you know, possessing the ball. You got Bijan Robinson could alleviate some receiver concerns by working out wide because Tyler Algier is a worthy starting running back in the league, especially in that system. Another underdog by 480 overall rushing yards. This guy, I mean, they, they, they they got talent just like Carolina does on both sides of the ball. Uh, like Wes said, the divisions they play against the NFC North and the AFC South, um, they could be a lot softer than in years past, uh, I think that the Falcons and Panthers are both going to go uh, over their expected Panthers at seven and a half Falcons at eight and a half. And I think they both go to the playoffs.
1: You're making me nervous because if you like two teams from that division, it sounds like you're really high on the Seahawks. I'm guessing. the Vikings. Yeah. To the oh yeah. That's what I'm nervous about. So we're really going to get to that episode and you're going to have the Vikings at eight and nine or something. Yeah. They're, they're going to be right behind H- another hot take.
3: Uh, sneak preview. I only have one team from the NFC East going and I have two teams from the NFC North. Neither are the Vikings.
1: Really? So, and, at least, at least today, you know. Yeah. The, you hated the Ravens. What? Two weeks ago. One, one week ago.
3: Yeah. So both <laughs> yeah, the Norths true. for me, I've actually been like sitting there in spare time, looking at my little Excel spreadsheet and I have typed out a few teams and typed in a few other teams. The rest of them are completely solid for me. I haven't moved off Falcons and Panthers in a minute. Saints, I think, are a joke. And I think the Cowboys also stagnant. They haven't really done anything to move forward. And for me, especially in today's NFL, if you're not making big steps to move forward, you're taking steps backwards. It's either forwards and backwards. You can't just stay stagnant, can't stay in the middle. That's why the Eagles regressing. You could argue that they made moves, but really they were just reshuffling bodies um, Cowboys, I think, were the opposite. I mean, they lost talent in a few places and haven't gotten better, really.
1: But, um, yeah, in conclusion, I got the Falcons winning that division. Wes, do you think that the Panthers and Falcons are better than the Vikings?
2: Mm, I, I need to see it. Uh, I need to see the tape, um, before I, I make that, that decision. Um, Vikings about- won their division with a, a terrible defense last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they they had thirteen wins last year with a terrible defense, and granted, some luck was involved on a lot of those one score games. But you just don't you don't do that with a defense as bad as the Vikings team was if you don't have um, a good head coach and and a good offense and there hasn't been any subtractions uh, to the head coach or to that offense um, that would knock them down a few rungs. And uh, I think they've added to the defense to it. I mean, the only way for that defense to go is, Oh, <laughs> cause they were, I think 32nd on most lists for defensive rankings, maybe 31st, but um yeah the the only way for that defense is to go up and so with that uh even if there's a little regression on offense i i think it balances and they should remain right around the same
3: if if you were to swap the saints and the vikings divisions and they 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 swap schedules divisions all that stuff i do think the vikings would win the nfc south so for me with context I don't think the Falcons and Panthers are better than the Vikings. I think
1: the Vikings are just in a tougher situation. Well, a I game. shall implement peer pressure for the next two months to get you to get the Vikings back in the in the top seven. Uh, that'll be my mission statement. Uh, Jason, give me your final sleeper team.
0: Well, uh, you know, with the Vikings, I I don't understand how you could think that they'd be any worse. I mean, not only do you add a, a, a defensive coordinator that's going to be light years ahead of where you guys were last year and um but you got uh McConnell uh, O'Connell's second year in the system and you got to imagine that the the players on offense fully trust him after what they were able to pull off last year so they got that going for him too uh and I can't believe that none of you guys you guys all seem to be in agreement that the that the Eagles are going to take a step back I I don't I can't get there. I don't see that. Um, But I have the entire NFC North um, in there as sleeper teams. None of these teams are predicted double-digit wins. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it could be a very exciting division to watch this year. And it could go absolutely either way. But I think the Bears have, um, you know, they got them at seven and a half. I mean, I think they could potentially go over that, um, assuming that fields can continue to grow and um, take that next step. The Lions, they could really go either way, too. The, mm-hmm. the the thing about this division is, is each one of these teams, it's not going to surprise me if one of them or two of them get over 10 or 11 wins. And it's not going to surprise me if every one of these teams <laughs> have seven <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it, I think that's going to make it exciting. Cause I think they're all capable of doing good things and they're all in, in a good position, I think moving forward, but it's just that you know, when you were talking about the bears and the lions, those teams haven't been anything for so many years. And the Vikings, can you really trust them? Well, um, I think it's, it's a different team. And I said that all of last year, they had that awesome comeback win against the bills in Buffalo, bad teams. Don't do that. Um, So, and then the Packers, you know, you get Jordan Love out there. I got to believe that it's going to work until I see it not working. Um, So, and they got a good coach there with LaFleur. So, um, I'm I'm really, really excited to watch the NFC North games this year.
1: My final one is something I mentioned about a month ago is Los Angeles Rams. Um, I have to go pull it up. What is their, their puny little total? All, is what is that? Six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. Damn. And I know that they don't have the personnel. I know it appears that they're having a transformational year, um, but Matthew Stafford. See, he's six months older than Cousins, so he's thirty-five years old. Uh, he's he's been on poor teams for most of his life, um, and I think the difference will be Sean McVay. I think McVay came back. He's like the. Is it, one of the youngest coaches in the league and almost contemplated retirement if he didn't, Uh, but he came back and I don't think he did that just to go six and 11. I think that he's going to surprise folks and be able to do a lot with a little in terms of talent. And so I think that, I think we're counting them out too prematurely. I think they will implement—they will, impl- will use the guys on the roster that most of us don't know who they are. And I don't think that they're going to be as horrible Um, because Stafford's been here before. He knows how to at least put a respectable product on the field when you know that team isn't very good in the first place. So uh, because McVay's in charge and Stafford doesn't have a whole lot of years left, and I think he'll want to end on a high note. I think that I'll probably have them in my my seventh seed in the NFC playoffs just to really what? stir the pot.
0: Yep. Yeah, and it wouldn't hey. surprise me if it, if if getting rid of some of those stars and kind of making it appear that they're just kind of rebuilding mm-hmm. is more beneficial for the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, because for to your point, McVeigh. I mean, I got to trust that guy.
1: Yep, I'll trust him. And they still have Cooper Cup, who we think will be healthy. And that, yep. I just I can't quite figure out why we don't give them. The same type of kudos for the head coach that we would the other titans of industry. We're like, oh, they're going to be four and thirteen. It's like you guys love Sean McVay. That's like you know your 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 next big thing. That the friend of McVay, the jokes, and we're not the doing McVay those tree. Yeah, we're not doing those anymore. Evidently, no. Um, all right, gentlemen, that's all we got for tonight. Tonight, we we'll back uh, next Wednesday. We have a week off after that, and we are about five weeks from training camp. So, you gentlemen have a wonderful evening, and we'll talk to you in one week.